Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland. I am Will Vandervoort. It's game week. It's finally, finally here, LeVon. Yes. Football season is here. Dude, how excited are you? You can tell I'm pumped. I'm super excited. I, I love college football, as you as you know. I think it's like the holiday, especially because it's going to be Memorial uh, Labor Day. And football is going to be started, so I'm super psyched about that, man. Now we get to bring in the snacks and all that, and I get to tell people, leave me alone when I'm doing the season. <laughs> leave me alone. Okay. Yeah. My I people gotta, will call your people. I, I, I got to ask. Yes. What do you do on Labor Day? Do you pull out the grill? You, you got the kids over? You got? I mean, what is Labor Day in the Kirkland household? Well, hopefully I get to spend some time with my brothers okay? because they're big Clemson fans as well. So trying to keep with those guys. Now, one of my brothers, he does all the grilling, get him the grill. I just show up with the solo cups. And we're ready to go. And, of course, you just put Coca-Cola in those solo cups, right? Yeah, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> it, may, it may be something else mixed with it. <laughs> I'm with you, my friend. I'm with you. I want to say welcome to everybody out there that are watching us on Twitter, on uh, Facebook, on YouTube. Um, and, and I guess it's not Twitter anymore. I guess it's X. But anyway, yes. we, we we appreciate you guys watching us. Uh, we're, we do this every week uh, throughout the football season. So every Tuesday at 6.15, you can count on me and LaVon to come on, and we're going to talk Clemson football. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the game that's going to happen that week. Maybe look back at the game that was before, and uh, and then talk a little ACC football as well. And um, so basically, we kind of keep it as the show says, believing Clemson football. That's what the show is about. And so we kind of keep it right there. And every once in a while, we do go off the rails a little bit. Yes, no I'm a huge Steelers fan, as most of you mm-hmm. know out there who follow me. Levon played for the Steelers. And is obviously a big Steelers fan too, and so we, we might throw in some Pittsburgh every now and then, but just bear with us if we do that. We just got to get it out of our system because we sometimes get giddy, right, Levon? Yes, and our sometimes we will throw some Batman in there too. We have we've been known yes. to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you look over my shoulder here, you can see the yes. Batman comic book right there and stuff like so. Yeah, and, uh, and sometimes we may give you some tips on the ladies. Yeah. And don't listen to us when you do. Maybe and listen not, to LeVon. Don't listen not, to me. Not um, so, no. <laughs> but anyway, we got a great show for you uh, today as we're going to look around the ACC. Um, we're going to look at Clemson and Duke's depth chart that was released uh, last night around this time. So we're going to kind of break that down a little bit for you and get you ready for the game on Saturday. We're going to preview the Clemson and Duke game as well. Um, we got a new segment called LeVon's Pick Six. And so really? basically, I'm going Levon. I gave him some games. He's got to go against the spread. Tell me who's going to win. I'll throw in my opinion as well. Um, and then um, we got a new segment called Extra Point. And the extra point is for 
the comment section. We see uh, last week we had a lot of good responses and people asked questions and really wanted to ask LeVon some things, ask, ask us some things about the games and about the team. So we welcome that as well, and we'll do that at the end of the show. Um, but before we do all of that, we also want to thank our sponsors who are joining us today or help make this possible, I should say. And uh, as always, we are sponsored by the Clemson Insider, uh, the most complete coverage of Clemson athletics and recruiting. We're also sponsored by Tip It Back Sports. Um, that's the place to watch all your mm -hmm. college football action this season. Uh, Tip It Back Sports is located in Greenville at 215 Pelham Road. Uh, so it, it, so we're going to have that. It's tip, talking about Tip It Back Sports Grill. Uh, as I mentioned, 215 Pelham Road in Greenville, South Carolina. That's the place to be this football season if you're not at home, okay? So if you're in the Greenville area, go by there and, and say hello and sit down and watch the games. If it's uh, college football you want, Tip It Back Sports has all the biggest games from around the country uh, on their many TVs, including Clemson, South Carolina, and all the games from the ACC and the SEC. If it's the NFL you want, Tip It Back Sports Grill has all your Sunday games, and they are the home of mine and Levon's Pittsburgh Steelers. So if you're a Steelers yes. fan out there and you're looking for a place, a Steelers bar, Tip It Back Sports in Greenville is the place to be on Sunday afternoons for that. By the way, Levon and myself will be on hand to watch the Steelers game this season with you guys. I'll let you know, me and Levon will let you know more about that as soon as we kind of get that uh, settled in with uh, Tim Cinco and the crew over there. But until then, go check out Tippet Back Sports Grill, located at the Commons at Pelham. It's open seven days a week. On Monday, they have Twisted Trivia Night, as well as Monday Night Football. Um, other nights, they're going to have karaoke and live music. Um, every Saturday, as I mentioned earlier, it's all about college football. On Sundays, is designated for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the NFL. So uh, come see owner Tim Seco and his team at Tippet Back Sports Grill, located at the Commons at Pelham. Tippet Back Sports Grill is the place to be for all your college and NFL action this season. We do appreciate them, and we appreciate the Clemson Insider. Uh, Robert McRae, the publisher over there, allowing us to use the Clemson Insider's Facebook and YouTube accounts to uh, go live on our videos here. So we do appreciate that, and we hope everybody enjoys uh, what we do. And if you can't make it live, it will be posted on the YouTube channel for the Clemson Insider. It will also be posted on Facebook and um, and on Twitter. So you can go find them there, go back and watch them anytime you had some free time. And we appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, LaVon, let's kind of jump into it a little bit about news here. Just a couple mm -hmm. of items I want to get to. Um, approximately 75 games, including weekly ACC regular season games and college football playoff games, will be seen at Theater Sports Network. Now, ESPN has entered into a the theological distribution agreement with the Theater Sports Network to televise Atlantic Coast Conference football games at movie theaters. Additionally, hmm. the agreement covers the news, New Year's Six Bowl games, um, including the Chick-fil-A Bowl, the Goodyear Cotton Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, the Capital One Orange Bowl, and the college football playoff games, the Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl this year. Um, they'll also have the national championship this way. So ACC games that air on ESPN platforms are available for the Theater Sports Network distribution in the away team markets or in both the home and away markets for neutral site games. So basically this week, and when we get that news, we'll put it out for you. Clemson is at Duke, right? So, right. so we'll end up, you know, you could go, go to a movie theater somewhere in the Clemson area in the upstate and go watch Clemson play Duke through the movie theater. That's pretty neat. 
mean, is, it be, is it because of the writer's strike? That's going I, on I, right now? You know, I, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, they did do a little bit of this last year um, mm-hmm. with the college football playoff. So I think this is something where ESPN is just trying to make a little bit more money. And, you know, I think the theaters get, like you said, they, they, it helps them as well. And, you know, and, and if you're a college football fan, man, you could watch college football game on freaking live, huge screen TV, about big screen TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would be better now if they have the theaters that serve the food inside of the yes. theater. Yeah, get the but popcorn give you, and stuff like that. Besides the popcorn, like burgers, hot dogs, they give you a variety. Now, if you got that kind of theater, yeah, that's that's a home run. Well, all you got to do with me though is give me popcorn, a bucket of popcorn, and I'm yeah. movie theater popcorn. There's nothing like it. Nothing, nothing matches like it. it. It's yeah, my weakness as well. Yeah, it's just it's just like I don't share. You right. know, I don't I don't share when I go to movie theater. It's like it's one big bucket. Yeah. It's mine. I'll buy you a bucket. But you're not eating my bucket. You see what I'm right. saying? Why? Yeah. yeah, get your own popcorn. <laughs> exactly. And we're talking about if you're on a date, get your own popcorn. Absolutely. Well, well, hold on. It, depend, it depends on how she looks. I've I've shared it with certain women before, but you know, <laughs> they, they were they were really pretty, so see, I had no choice. You're gonna get in trouble, Will, because <laughs> <laughs> Will likes all pretty women. If if you're not pretty, then you have no chance with them. <laughs> So it's not gonna. So if you go to the movies with Will and he doesn't share your pop, his popcorn, uh oh, I just gave that, my secret away, didn't I? That means he's not really that into you. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, we digress. Um, to get back on track here, uh, also the Atlantic Coast Conference, Levon, officially announced its new home is now in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, they raised the conference flags today. And mm-hmm. all 15 flags of the member institutions um, in their, at their new office headquarters, which is at the Legacy Union's Bank of America Tower in Uptown Charlotte. Um, so this was a unanimous decision that was completed, uh, a comprehensive review and assessments under the direction of the Board of Directors and the Executive Committee uh, to ensure that the conference offices was best positioned for the future and changing dynamics of intercollegiate athletics. I find it interesting, LeVon, that the ACC has a new hub when uh, we don't know what the future of the ACC is going to be. We, I mean, let's just say what it is, you know. I mean, we've all seen the year. reports out there. We've heard, you know, we don't know what the ACC is going to look like next year maybe. Yeah, it's going to be different. We know that much. It's going to be different. But I think it's a good move for the ACC to be headquartered in Charlotte because mm-hmm. the, the championship games have been there for quite some time now. It's a large enough city that you have enough rooms for accommodations. And it's a major hub as far as um, the airport is concerned. So for me, it makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, I I, I see that point because of the airport a lot closer than Greensboro. I'm mm-hmm. a traditionalist, though, so Greensboro right. just seems like – it just seems weird that the ACC is not in Greensboro anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the ACC basketball tournament being there for so many years and yeah. it's just, you know, it's just weird to me, you know, and, 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 and then kind of going back to our subject earlier, ACC next to movie theaters, the ACC basketball tournament has the best popcorn. Uh, it really yeah. does. And right. uh, it's close to movie theater popcorn. It really is. So um, I am 
definitely going to miss that. But hey, it is what it is. Change things change as you get older, right? I mean, that's just the life all we the live time. in, and yeah, all the time. You know, um, it is what it is, and so you know, you kind of move on and, and you deal with that. But uh, by the way, for those that are wondering, you can also check out our podcast, not just live as we're doing here on Facebook and Twitter and all that, but you can also do it um, on uh, on our on our audio ways to do it, which is Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your uh, podcast downloads. So if we do download it, please download it and leave a comment. Let us know what you think about it. We definitely would appreciate that. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, you know, give us a like if you wouldn't mind, please, and leave a comment as well. We greatly appreciate that. Um, and do the same thing, you know, on Twitter and stuff. We'll definitely try to get back with you. So again, if you're on Twitter or YouTube, I mean, excuse me, Facebook or YouTube, you know, send us a comment, to, uh, ask us a question, you know, let yes. us know what's going on, what you're thinking out there. We greatly would appreciate that um, as we move across uh, the day here and, and to the show. And we're going to kind of get to that now with a look at the, uh, the ACC and LeVon, we got a big schedule for the ACC this week um, mm -hmm. starting Thursday night with uh, Wake Forest, uh, we'll get things kicked off in the ACC. Elon at Wake Forest, 7 p.m. kickoff. Also on Thursday night, North Carolina State at UConn, a 7.30. That will be on CBS Sports Network. Uh, Friday will be Miami of Ohio at Miami of Florida on the ACC Network. Um, Louisville also on Friday at Georgia Tech, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, then on Saturday, we got a, we got a bunch of games on Saturday. You got uh, Virginia at number 12, Tennessee. That's a noon kickoff on ABC. You got Northern Illinois at Boston College. That's also a noon kickoff as well. Uh, so you, then you got later on that night, afternoon, I should say, South Carolina hosting North Carolina. Mm -hmm. uh, that game's going to be on uh, primetime on ABC. Um, and then um, obviously we go to Sunday where you got Florida State against LSU. That's oh, the big yeah. game, obviously, mm -hmm. around the country. And then, of course, it all closes with the Tigers, the ninth-ranked Tigers, going on the road to open up conference play and the regular season at Duke. So we got uh, a, lot, a full slate of games this week. Man, it's back, LeVon. It's week one. It's yes. college football season. You know, the NFL starts next week. Mm -hmm. So it's like, man, it is. I, I love this time of year. It's football every day, all the time. Man, of these games that we just mentioned, which one of these ACC games kind of stands out to you? Which one of you, or it could be two or three of them, which ones are you looking right. forward to watching? Well, I'm definitely looking forward to watching the Florida State FSU versus LSU. I think that's going to be an amazing game. I think it's going to be a hard-hitting game. Florida State is much improved. LSU is coming with a team that did very well last year. It's going to be even better. They got a nice quarterback as they him. Although I think Florida State quarterback is a tough guy. He's a winner. So that's the game that I'm really intrigued in. And of course, you know, I'm looking at Clemson versus Duke. I think that's going to be maybe a better game than you think. Uh, I know the yeah. odd makers have it. Was it? Was it? Was it? Thirteen point. Oh, 13 point. Yeah. Thirteen points. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's going to be maybe a, a better game than that. I think Duke, they got a great quarterback, um, probably more so a pro, a guy who can probably go into the NFL and play. And they got a veteran offensive line 
versus the defensive line that's always been pretty strong for us. So I think that's going to be a matchup that's going to be intriguing. I think the only problem with Duke, they don't really have a great running game. And if you can't run against Clemson, I think you're definitely in trouble. you got to be able to run the ball. If you can't get that running game started, you know, they're just going to come after the quarterback. So that's the only thing I see that Duke may have a problem with. But I think Duke is going to fight hard, and I think they're going to play hard. Yeah, I, I, I obviously I'll be at that game covering it. So um, looking forward to it without a doubt. Um I think when I look at when I look at this Saturday, I'm I'm, I'm excited about Thursday because you got, mm-hmm. got, excuse me, you got Florida at, you know, we didn't mention that in this because it's ACC games, but I like that Thursday game. It starts us off with Florida, um, Utah, so I'm right? kind of excited. Florida at Utah, and then you go into Saturday, and there's some games on Friday as well, some ACC games as we mentioned, but on Saturday, like I'm just so stoked about South Carolina North Carolina game. Oh, yeah. I'm interested to see what those two teams look like. You know, <clears throat> you know, has South Carolina taken the next step, if you will? Um, you know, are they going to get over the hump and now get to nine, ten wins? You know, what kind of team are they going to be this year? Are they going to give some people some fits in the SEC East? I'm kind of wondering that, you know. Um, I know they've lost some players on the offensive line and the defensive line. It's to see how they make them – how they, you know – deal with those issues if you will and then um and then you know spencer rattler is he going to take the next step we saw at the end of the year last year i don't know if there's a quarterback playing any better than he was at the end of the year clemson saw it firsthand Mm -hmm. the way he was playing um and then on the other side we got drake may in north carolina who you know offensively i think they're one of the most dynamic and explosive offenses in the country but the question with north carolina is can they stop a nosebleed yeah, and, and that's what I'm looking for in this game, like because I think South Carolina can do some things that can really challenge North Carolina, and mm-hmm. I want to see if the Tar Heels can man up and play some defense because that's something under Mac Brown in the last three or four years they haven't been able to do. Well, yeah, that's the issue with the Tar Heels; they can't stop anything. It's like they got a big hole in the middle of their defense, mm-hmm. and you can do basically whatever you want to. Whether you want to run the ball, you want to pass the ball. You can do it. You saw it in the ACC championship when a brand new starter came in and just ripped them apart with a brand new wide receiver who never played that much. <laughs> he came. I mean, so obviously they're not that great on defense, but they got a dynamic quarterback that I would take at any time. The guy, the guy who can absolutely keep you in the game. What you want as far as a trigger guy is concerned. But if I'm North Carolina, I'm worried about that defense. Has that defense really improved? Um, Spencer Rowley, on the other hand, he did play lights out last year, but he's streaky. Some days he'll throw you four touchdowns, and some days he'll throw you four interceptions. So I think for South Carolina, can he be a little bit more consistent as far as making positive plays? Mm -hmm. Because if he can't, they're going to be up and down again. Gonna be average again, but if he can, I think South Carolina's gonna be much improved. Yeah, I, I I do. I think they got a chance uh, to be better this year. Now they got such a hard schedule that I don't know if it will show Uh, in the results. uh, Uh, But you know, schedule. Yeah, yeah. Well, Uh, they they do. They do. They have a hard. They have a tough one. And then that that third game is against Georgia. Yeah, 
That's well, that, that, I mean, they very easily could be one and four to start the season and right. be better than they were a year ago. Yeah, that's but a possibility. That, but that schedule, that first five games are really hard for South Carolina. So mm-hmm. we'll see how they do. The other game you mentioned, LSU, n- number five in the country, Florida State, number eight in the country, mm-hmm. down in uh, Orlando. Uh, from what I hear, it's going to be about 55,000 Florida State fans. I mean, 50, wow. about 40-something thousand LSU fans. Mm-hmm. So uh, at Camping World Stadium down there. And so it's going to be a good environment. Uh, going to be almost like a bowl game kind of environment down there. Um, I think the game, both these teams were two surprise teams last year, if you will. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody thought that LSU was going to go and win the SEC West last year and, and play for an SEC championship. Mm-hmm. I know I didn't, especially after that Florida State game last year, the way they started the season with all the right. punts yeah. and everything else they did in that game, special teams-wise. And then – you know, we knew Florida State would be better last year, but I don't think any of us thought 10 wins was possible. Um, but they they got there. They got 10 wins. They went 10-3 and three last year. A lot of hype surrounding them this year with all the mm-hmm. transfers that have come in the last two years and Jordan Travis being considered a Heisman Trophy candidate. So this game's going to have it all. Like, it's a college football playoff game right off the bat. And I, I, I'm just so excited about this game. As you mentioned earlier, it would be a good one. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're a college football fan, that's the game you're looking at. Mm-hmm. That's the game between two top teams that always seem to have very good – especially LSU. LSU always, always seem to have great talent. Whether it mess together as a team, you never know. But when they're clicking and they're playing well, LSU – has probably the best talent from top to bottom, and you can see that in the NFL right now. But I think this Florida State team may be a little tough team this year. It's not going to be the Florida State we've seen for the last few years. I think this team has a chance to do something special. No, I, I think you're right, and so uh, we'll see. That that game is probably the game not only in the country but in the ACC as well. And then I think – South Carolina and North Carolina is definitely probably number two. And then the Clemson, as we mentioned earlier, the Clemson-Duke game is interesting because this is a pretty darn good Duke football team. Won nine games last year. They got a really good football coach who Dabo Swinney mentioned a few weeks ago. He's like, and everywhere I turn around, you know, I see Mike Elko. Mike Elko's over here. He's at, he's either at Notre Dame or he's at Wake Forest or he's at Texas A&M, and now he's at Duke. He says, every time I turn around, Mike Elko's – a pain in my side, basically. So uh, mm-hmm. that's going to be a good one as well. We're going to get into that one. At, as a matter of fact, we're going to get into that right now as we kind of start by looking at the Clemson-Duke depth chart, LeVon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, got a couple of things I want to look at with this. And we'll start off with Clemson's offensive line. And we'll start at left tackle where Tristan Lee and Colin Sadler are – kind of listed as co-starters the way they listed as Tristan Lee or Colin Sadler are starting at left tackle. Um, So that's going to be a kind of game day decision. Uh, Both guys had good camps. Dabo talked about both of them. You know, got Tristan Lee's a redshirt sophomore in his third year. Colin Sadler's a redshirt freshman. Um, Coaches are really excited about both guys and they think they're, they're going to be fine who regardless who plays over there, but it kind of shows a little bit about Dabo talked about the depth they have, and they feel like they got two guys that deserve an opportunity to be the starter at left tackle. 
Well, normally when that is the case, you don't really have a starter yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's be let's be truthful. I mean, you could say they have, you know, both have really good camps, but if one guy was really doing a, a great job, he'll be the starter. But basically what you got is two guys who are basically the same, and now you throw them in the game and see what they're all about and see if they can pass that test. But for now, you're not quite sure who is the starter. But that could be a good thing, you know. You got, that means you, you may have some depth there. But we'll see once they get against some real bullets. So that's what I'm looking for, too. I mean, when somebody says, oh, we don't know who the starter is, that's cold for, yeah, we don't know who the starter is either. <laughs> as, as coaches, we have no idea. Um, another thing I want to look at with the offense, and I think, you know, um, we need to to kind of because everything else is kind of who we thought Will Putnam would start at center, uh, you mm-hmm. know, Marcus Tate at left guard, Walker Parks at right guard, Blake Miller at right tackle. Uh, no surprise, uh, Jake Brenningstool is going to start at tight end. But mm-hmm. at wide receiver is interesting. And mm-hmm. so yes. when we look at wide receiver, we got when you're playing the outside, the boundary position, you're going to have Adam Randall, um, Cole Turner, and then Hampton Earl is listed. Now, I know people are like, well, what do you mean Hampton Earl is listed as what's going on? Are we to the problem with their nothing against Hampton Earl or fan? We're not, trust me, we're not saying that. But Hampton's a wa- former walk-on senior. And I and I know that he the, he's been a very solid player for Dabo and he deserves to get on the depth chart. No problems with that at all. However, there's some there's a method to Sweeney's madness. And when we look at the other wide receivers, you got Antonio Williams starting in the slot with Tyler Brown, the freshman, the dynamic freshman we've been talking about in camp. Mm-hmm. Everybody talks about backing him up. Um, and then on the outside, playing the field side, we got Bo Collins and Brandon Spector. And this is a surprise for me, LaVon, Troy Stellato, who has mm-hmm. been like basically on the injured reserve list his entire career. He's a redshirt sophomore now. He's in his third year at Clemson. But now we're seeing him on the depth chart. First time we've seen Troy Stellato's name on the depth chart. He's a guy Dabo challenged before camp started. And looks like the young man has had a good camp. We've heard a lot of good things about him in camp. Looks like that that is true because the coaches got him on the depth chart. Again, yeah. I mean, they know more about the team than maybe me and you. I mean, I, I haven't really watched him a lot. I'm trying to go up there this week to get a better look at him. But I'm still – this receiver group really still kind of bothers me. Uh-huh. I'm not really sold on the receivers just yet. I think Collins is good – I think we got some good pieces, but we're so used to what we used to have at wide receiver. You know, all over the field, whether it's a slot receiver, guys on the boundaries, we had the guys who can go get it. I think it all starts with Collins, though. I think Collins, um, he started off the year pretty well. So he need to continue to do that. He needs to continue to play well. And stay healthy. And stay healthy, yeah. Him and Adam Randall. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. If him and Randall can stay healthy, I think we got a good shot. But I'm still not quite sold on our wide receiver and our wide receiver depth yet. So we'll see. Yeah, and speaking of that depth, I'm glad you mentioned that. <clears throat> because the three other freshmen, we mentioned Tyler Brown. Mm-hmm. Was, um, you know, he's going to be um, one of the uh, – he's going to be backing up Antonio Williams. Um, So he's going to play. He's going to play a lot. I mean, like I said, he had a fantastic camp. 
the Let's coach talk. was really excited about him. Um, so, you know, he's going to add some some depth there, at least in that slot position, right? He could yes. place the field too as well, from what I understand. So, but they redshirted – they want to redshirt the other three wide receivers. So that's Rohan Hannafin, um, Tink Kelly, the kid from Daniel, mm-hmm. and Noble Johnson. Right. Uh, the plan is to redshirt them. Now, here's here's the good news about that, LeVon. I don't know if you know, but the NCAA changed its rules with redshirts. Hmm. Okay? Check this I did out. Not, I did not know that. You would love this, dude, if you okay. if you got this when you played. Because when you redshirted, you couldn't play in one single game, right? Not, not even one. one. Not one game. Not no. one game. Mm-mm. Well, you know, then they changed the rule a few years ago where you could play at least four games, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now catch this. They changed the rules where in the regular season, you still can only play in four regular season games. Mm-hmm. But there's a but now. Uh-oh. But if your team's in the postseason, you can play in any of those postseason games and it doesn't go against your red shirt. Man, that's kind of cool. So if you're Clemson and you're red shirting Noble John Noble Johnson, and you, you play him four times in the season, if you want to hold him until the last four games of the regular season, you can and play that's- him then, right? And I'm just using him as an example. And then if you make the uh, you go to the AC championship game. You can play them there. That's five. If you go to the college playoff, you can play them there. That's six. And if he goes to the national championship game, you can play them there. That's seven. So freshmen can potentially play up to seven games. Mm-hmm. And the and the and the and still redshirt. The strategy of it all is you got somebody who's really blooming during the season. You redshirt them and you put them in the game. Now you don't really have a game plan for him. Mm-hmm. And he could be a guy that could be explosive. He could be a guy that could be a great weapon for you that you don't have to use right away. You can use him later on, especially if he gets better. And trust me, most freshmen, they get better as the year goes on. They're not, they're not boys anymore. They're, they, grew, they grow up to be men. Mm-hmm. And so that's the possibility that could really work for a team that goes to the playoffs and they can use a guy that you normally don't see on a regular basis and it could be key for them. And, and the guy you the guy I think about that there's two examples. I use Noble Johnson for a reason because everything we hear, we hear he's that T. Higgins kind of guy, right? Um, that that Mike Williams kind of guy. So slow, slow down there, Will. Well I'm just saying, you know, he's tall, he's got that same body type. And so, and what can I mean by that play? is people, can he people, play like Mike Williams and um, T Higgins? Well, T. that's Higgins? what we're gonna find out. I mean, he okay. is highly touted, you know, highly touted five star kid coming out of high school, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, T Higgins took time. Mike Williams took time. Those guys weren't superstars in their first year. They weren't killing it, and you know, getting out on the field as freshmen. Uh, but T. you Higgins could tell they were gonna be. You could tell like. They're going to be pretty good players. You saw the flashes when they did get yeah. out there. Like yeah. you saw T. Higgins get out there with the, I think T. Higgins freshman year was the first year of that rule, of the four-game right. rule. Yeah. And you saw him get out there and make some plays. I think it was against Duke or the Citadel or somebody where mm-hmm. he, like, led the team in receptions and yards and stuff South, like that. And you saw the flashes. The yeah. South Carolina game, he played, I believe, in that too. So you saw flashes of T. Higgins and what he could be. Mm-hmm. But when he started that season, I remember – 
how the coaches were like, you know, well, he's got some growing to do. There's some things he, 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 you know, he's got to get used to and develop to. He's got to get a little bit stronger. Well, I think those same things we've heard about Noble Johnson, right? And so okay. now you got you can take him. And the beauty of this, when you had T. Higgins was younger, you could only play him four games, mm. and then that was it. Well, now Noble Johnson's like, okay, you could take him, bring him in when you need to, and maybe piecemeal it here and there when he plays, and then. If you get to the AC Championship game, you can play him there if he's ready. And like you said, LeVon, now you got that weapon that nobody really knows about mm-hmm. that can just come out there and do something, you know. So that's that's big. And and then I use Tyler Venables as a great mm-hmm. example of this. Remember, Tyler Venables was injured before preseason camp started. Mm-hmm. He had he had an injury, he had to have surgery. Um, Dabo mentioned that he could come back later in the year, but they're gonna go ahead and plan to redshirt him. Well, they they were hoping they'd get him back, you know, later in the year, maybe use him toward the end of the season. LeVon, now you possibly can have Tyler Venables, a guy who's a starter last year. You could have him back playing and giving you more depth in the secondary than you already have. Mm-hmm. And you don't burn that red shirt. You get him for another year. Yeah. And remember everybody kind of laughed at the Clemson secondary last year, all they getting burned and getting toast. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a different story this year. Oh, yeah, we're going to get into that. We're going to yeah. get into that. This, uh, And we're, we're going to kind of talk about that now, and that kind of leads us into the, the defense. By the way, no mm-hmm. shocker, Cave Club makes the starter. Hunter mm-hmm. Hamps listed as the backup quarterback. Paul Tyson, transferred from Alabama, is listed as a third-string quarterback right now. I think that's more or less because of Hunter Helms having the whole spring where Paul Tyson was injured, had the injured thumb. So we'll see when they come out there what happens and who's – you know, um, does Paul did Paul Tyson gain ground during camp when Hunter Helms right. was out with the foot injury? We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, Will Shipley, Phil Maffa listed as co-starters at running back. Here's a little surprise to me. Dominique Thomas mm. is listed as a third-string running back for the Tigers, the former walk-on, uh, I believe, from uh, Mars Hill. Um, I know a Division II school came in. And, and he was dominant at Division II level, came to Clemson as a walk-on. And um, he has been uh, – he's been pretty exciting to watch in practice. Every time we've been at practice, he broke off a long run. Right. Every time. And, I mean, he's a, he's a good football player. I mean, he's already did it on the college level. Mm-hmm. And basically, although he's listed as a third-string running back, he's more like the second guy. Mm-hmm. Because Mafia and, and Shipley are probably 1A and 1B. Exactly. So, so really you got a good situation at the running back spot. Yeah, and, and then, of course, they got Keith Adams Jr. That's still mm-hmm. there. Um, they also got the outstanding freshman that they're going to redshirt as well as a four-star running back came in uh, this year. They're really excited about him. So, um, speaking of – but we'll move over to defense now. You you mentioned it earlier, and I know me and you both love defense more than anything. Um, Xavier Thomas, no surprise, listed as the starting uh, defensive end, one of the starting defensive ends, along with, no surprise, Justin Maskell. But here is a surprise. T.J. Parker, the true freshman, has grabbed the number two spot behind Xavier Thomas. He can mm. also play the other side as well. K. Deanhoff, the redshirt sophomore, is the other defensive end on the two deep. Um, T.J. Parker beat out a couple of experienced players ahead of him, LeVon, to get this spot. Um, Forget experience. Can he get to the quarterback? Yeah. and then, Well, from what uh, – Apparently, he, he can get to the quarterback better than those other guys. So, th- I don't really – like, the defensive end position to me 
is such a it's an athletic position. Mm-hmm. You don't have to really be that cerebral. But if you can get off that rock and you get pressure on that quarterback, experience really to me doesn't mean a whole lot. Right. It really well, doesn't. Well, and that's what you know, TJ Parker is one of the freshmen. The other freshman um on the defensive line that's gonna start. Yes, I said it's gonna start, is listed as a starter, is Peter Woods. He's listed as a starter at either or the defensive tackle positions. Tyler Davis or Peter Woods at one with Ruka Roro and Peter Woods at the other. Uh, Peyton Page and DeMonte Capehart are your number two guys that will come in. So basically Peter Woods is going to be in that rotation. And, and Levon, I think you said it earlier, if he's listed as the starter, in one, of, he's going to start in one of those positions. It's just a matter of what zone they want him to start in, right? Right, he's going to stop opposite uh, Tyler Davis. <laughs> You're going to make that prediction. Yeah, you got to you got to um, you got to put the best players out there at all times. Well, Rook Roro's not bad. <laughs> oh, he's not. Oh no, I, I mean I'm not saying he's bad, but the potential of Woods over trumps what Roe can bring to it. So yeah, I think at some point in time you'll see that combination. In. And you'll probably see Rook with 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 Peter yeah. out there, and, and, and it'll vice be versa. A, it'll be a nice rotation, and then those guys will get a mixture of plays. So I think the interior, the one, the one technique and the three technique at Clemson is just as good as ever. The defensive ends, the defensive ends are to me the question mark. Well, you know, there's no doubt if, because of depth. Yeah, and I tell you what. Now, if Xavier can do what we've been talking about him doing for the last couple of years and he's healthy, he's a monster. He's a first-round pick. He's a monster because nobody I've seen in quite some time, and I made this comparison, the white Freeney is who he reminds me of, mm-hmm. of how he comes off the rock and how he gets to the quarterback. Kind of reminds me a little bit of a mixture of, dare I say it, James Harris as well. Yeah. He can get he can get low and dip like that, yeah. He can get low, he can get dip. He can he's strong. When you got a a, a defensive end like that, they can give big tackles problems. Mm-hmm. So if, if Xavier is healthy and his skill sets are still kind of like the same, the guy has potential to be very, I mean, superb. I mean, to be one of the best in the country. Well, I agree with you 100%. Um, now we're going to go to your favorite position, and that's linebacker. In college, you played outside backer. Mm-hmm. In NFL, you played inside backer. So mm-hmm. you've done it all. So mm-hmm. you understand all the positions. Clemson is listing a 4-3, LeVon, as their base. Um, but I doubt you're going to see them play much 4-3 because of the depth. They only have six scholarship guys, and three of those guys are freshmen. So, you know – don't think you're going to go that route to if you don't have to, right? The only mm-hmm. time I think Clemson lines up in a 4-3 to start a game will probably be against Notre Dame, right? I mean, right. That, that's, that's, that's the team that they'll line up with that way. Most because Notre Dame's going to run that ball uh, yes. downhill, so you're going to need that 4-3 in there. But the two linebackers that they got, uh, Trotter, and uh, God, don't tell me I'm, I'm forgetting. Yeah, and Carter, they're probably the two best linebacker combination in the country. No and doubt. Those guys, and those guys can make plays. Those guys, you you don't really have to blitz those guys that much. 
because they can make plays in the open space. Mm-hmm. And um, you got a luxury there. And I think, what's his name, Lomax? Is it Lomax? Loma, what's... You talking about Woodass? Woodass, yeah. Wade Woodass, yeah. Just Wade remember Wade. it like whoop-ass. Uh, like whoop-ass, yeah. <laughs> I, was watching the, I was watching the Tennessee game, the North Carolina. The guy's he's good, too. Oh, man, he's, he's really – they moved him. He's going to be Carter's backup on the weak right. side when they play 4-2, mm-hmm. when they play the 4-2-5 scheme, which they're going to play a lot this year. That's going to be – even though 4-3 is their base, let's be honest, 4-2-5 because of the situation and the depth at linebacker is really going to be their base. Right. And and so Woodaz will be the backup um, to Barrett Carter at the wheel position. Um, and then in the middle it's going to be – this is the interesting thing. Because Jeremiah Trotter is going to be listed as the uh, – he's obviously the middle linebacker, but behind Jeremiah Trotter is Kobe McLeod. The mm-hmm. redshirt freshman is listed okay. as the backup. And then D. Creighton, the true freshman, um, who they're really excited about, he's going to be listed as the, se- as the next backup there. Um, and then oh, for if they are playing a 4-3 base, and no surprise here, Jamal Anderson um, – Yes, the same Jamal Anderson. Yeah. This is Jamal Anderson Jr. The dirty Bird. Yes, he he is. Uh, he's going to be the backup Sam backer now. Mm-hmm. When Clemson's in a four three and they play that, but I doubt you'll see him much in the four two five. Not really his skill set. He's a smaller linebacker, so he's only at two hundred fifteen pounds. He's kind of bulk up a little bit. Um, so I'm interested how they'll use him through the course of the. I think he'll play a lot of special teams, obviously. Um, right. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how those guys are used at that linebacker. Linebacker is going to be a interesting piece to watch throughout the season with Clemson because of their depth there. Um, it's and, a real concern and, right now. And then your four three can be the four two five as well. I mean, it could be interchangeable. Right. If well, Woodass, that's if, with Woodass, Woodass, you could do. Yeah. If Woodass is good at you know covering downfield a little bit, seam flat kind of stuff, they can you know. It can look like a four three, but actually be a four two five. Correct, and you're going to see that where Woodass plays some of that nickel safety position. Right, you're, you mm-hmm. will see that. That's a good point, Levon. Um, when they play dime, you're definitely going to see Woodass in there. When they play dime, right? Um, yeah. he's he's more of their dime guy. Uh, they did yeah. that. You saw against Tennessee and against North Carolina with him in there. Um, right. Kind of moving along, Clemson's corners are set. They're fine. Sheridan Jones. It's mm-hmm. going to start on one side with uh, Toriana Pride Jr. Um, and then the freshman Sheldon Lewis, who they're really excited about. He's listed on the on the three deep as well. Uh, then on the other side, you're going to have Nate Wiggins and Jaden Lucas. No surprise there with those two guys and what they can do. But here's the guy that they're really excited about, and that's Avion Terrell. He mm-hmm. went to the coaches, LeVon, and said, I don't want a redshirt this year. I want to play. I'll play nickelback if you want me to. Just get me out there, however you want to use me. I want to play, and this is this is AJ Terrell's younger brother. This guy, okay, yeah. this guy bleeds Clemson. Loves being a Tiger. He wants to get out there and play. He's like, I'll play special teams. I'll do whatever you want me to do, but I want to play. And he's gone out there and busted his butt and earned the right. And I think he's going to play a lot. Yeah, as you mentioned, they they're they're really good at the secondary and they're interchangeable with a lot of guys. And I think he's a guy you see along with Sheldon Lewis. You'll see a lot of. Yeah, well, that's the flexibility you want in the defense. You want guys to be able to go out there and maybe do different jobs. And then in that part, you can kind of confuse the offense. Mm -hmm. But the main thing is this. 
you got to win in the line of scrimmage. If he can win in the line of scrimmage, penetrate, cause problems, you, your defense is always going to be better. I'd rather have, like we always say, I rather we rather have a great front seven, especially the front four, to be exceptional than have a b- bunch of back end guys. Right. You know, because if you just got good back end guys, people can run the ball on you. They can do different things, and they can kind of eliminate the secondary. But if you have a front four, or definitely a front seven that can cause some havoc. It makes everything in the secondary a lot easier. So hopefully Xavier comes to ball like we know he can ball. If he comes to ball, that's going to really help the Clemson Tiger defense out a great deal. I I agree. And then we look at the back end. Uh, I want to look at the nickelback position. Mm -hmm. Andrew Makuba is listed as a starter there. And then Khalil Barnes, a true freshman, um, we've heard everything about Khalil Barnes. He was the, if you remember the sprint, the orange and white game, he had the uh, breakup pass at the goal line that prevented a touchdown on fourth and goal. Mm-hmm. Then he ended up um, catching an interception and returning for a touchdown in the final minutes. It turned out to be the winning points um, in the orange and white game. Well, he carried that over into fall camp and right. the coaches are really excited about him. He's going to back up at safety as well, but they want to get him on the field. And they felt like this is one of the ways they can get him out there. He's so disruptive. He's got great ball IQ. And uh, now you got him listed with Andrew Makuba, who's another safety that plays the nickel. And the reason they got Andrew Makuba playing this position is because we just talked about the, the linebacker situation, right? So they kind of had to go to this formula. And I think Makuba's smart decision there to get the guy to make sure you got a smart guy who played who can play that safety nickel position. This is not like corner position where cornerback is different. And I know people are like, oh, Andrew McCooper was burned at corner. But he's not a true corner. He's just not. Mm-hmm. And he also was playing injured last year, not only with his elbow, but his feet too. And so he was going through some things. And I think this is a good position for Andrew McCooper because you're going to have Jalen Phillips playing free safety. You're going to have R.J. Mickens at the strong safety position by the well Cavell. Um, uh, Cavell's going to be sitting there backing up Mickens. Um, and then you got this guy, Kylon Griffin, who had a great camp. And the coaches are really excited about him. He can also play that nickel back position. So, uh, LeVon, they got playmakers in this secondary. And they got it mixed with experienced players, like, like a Sheridan Jones, a Mickens, a Phillips, an Andre Makuba, and Nate Wiggins. And then they got them mixed in with, you know, some other guys that are that are young and they show the future when you look at a guy like, Toronto Pride and Jaden Lucas, and then you got Khalil Barnes, you got Griffin, um, you got Sherrod Koval. I mean, and then as we mentioned earlier about a- uh, Avion Terrell, it's just this secondary man. You know what it reminds me of? Can I just go ahead and say what who they remind me of? Totally. You remember Donnell Wolford and James Lott and Robert totally. O'Neill and those guys that totally. played with you mm-hmm. and Jerome Henderson. Yeah, that that's who. This secondary reminds me of. They you, got you, play, Darnell Stevens. They got know, playmakers everywhere. You know, at one point in time, that secondary was the number one ranked secondary in the country. Yeah, I know. At one point in time, yeah. So that now that was a good secondary. You, you missing out Dexter Davis. Oh, I, I left out Dexter Davis. What's wrong with me? Yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, but you see where we're going here. You yes, know, I understand where you're going. Yes, they're 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 loaded with some talented guys in the secondary. 
probably, and we've heard Dabo Sweeney say this, best secondary class, the best secondary he's had at Clemson. And I agree with him 100%. These guys, all these guys are potential NFL caliber guys, in my opinion. Oh, well, uh, and that's what you want. You want guys who can make plays when the ball's in the air. Mm-hmm. If they can do that, even better. I think this defense is going to be very good. Uh, I have no doubt that this defense is going to be very good. They have the pieces in play. Wes is in his second year. Hopefully he's up in the booth this year. Is he up in the booth this year or is he down low? We don't know. We don't know yet. <laughs> We're gonna find out. Gonna find out on Thursday. But do you see my theory as far as why I think he should be up top, dude? I see it. Yes, because he is a he. His mind works better looking at the whole chessboard than looking at part of the chessboard. Yeah, because on the field, and I just want to tell our audience on the field, you can only see it's just level. You really can't see the game as well. Mm-hmm. It's 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 um. It's tough to see it, but up in the booth for a guy who's a thinker like West, I think it's better for a guy like that. Don Capers, guys like that, they always be in the booth. Now, you want the coach who can really motivate and get everybody going down on the sideline. That's what you saw with the Brent Venables. Uh-huh. You know, Vent was depending on his guys on the booth to tell them the formations and what was coming in. But Brent was probably more effective because his presence on the sideline and how he can get in players' faces. I think West is better in the booth. I won't disagree with any of that. I I, I tend to agree because West he's West is a as you mentioned he's he's extremely intelligent. Right. He sees things that me and you can only imagine seeing, and. And I can only, you know, when he's up high and he sees and, the whole that's field, a point. That's he a can point. see everything. Yeah, you get, you, you know, you, I think in your coaching staff, you always have a mixture of guys. Right. And some guys are your scheme guys. The guys who can say, hey, this will work. And then you got that guy, what I call the street guy, the OG, the guy who's done it before, who's played it. And he understands the player's pulse, if you will. And he can tell guys like, hey, man, get your in gear, you know. Uh, what are you guys doing? Let's go. Let's let's pump it up. You need a mixture of those kind of guys. And I just think that a guy like Wes, who's very intelligent, who knows the game in and out, is better up top. Because he can just sit there and just examine the game and see it. And he'd be like, oh, this is what they're trying to do. Well, you need another guy down there. Like, you got a neat Eason. You got guys like that who've done it before on a big-time level that can really maybe, you know, tell guys like, yo, let's go. Let's play. You need that mixture of guys. Yeah, well, definitely Nick's one of those guys because I don't know if you saw at practice, he had one of the practice, he had his helmet on with his pads. And right. uh, first day and of practice – He's, a, he's an ex-player that plays, and the guys gravitate to him, and they will listen to him when he gets serious enough. Exactly. Well, yeah. as you can see, I popped the, uh, the the numbers there for Duke as Clemson gets ready to play Duke this week. So we're going to kind of talk a little bit about the Blue Devils, mm-hmm. LeVon, and you know their depth chart came out too, and I kind of want to preview this game, um, Clemson at Duke, uh, 8 o'clock start on Labor Day night on ESPN. 
Um, the Tigers going on the road. By the way, here's a nice stat for you, Levon. You know I'm all about stats. Mm-hmm. Um, Clemson is 12-2-1 all-time when they open a season against an ACC opponent. Okay. Now, now that's And they've won their last five, I believe, or something like that. Um, and uh, they've they've this will be their third time, I believe, on Labor Day night. Last year, of course, was one. And then, of course, back in 2007, they played uh, Florida State, who was ranked number – Seven nineteen that year, and Clemson beat them there in Death Valley. So uh, this will be the third time they played an ACC team on Labor Day night. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, you know let's kind of look into this Duke team and look at that look at the roster, if we will, Levon. Um, let me see. Let me pull my depth chart up here of Duke. When you talk about Duke, let's start it off with Riley Leonard, the quarterback. Over three thousand yards passing last year. Um, Close to 700 yards rushing, responsible for 33 touchdowns, six foot four, 212 pounds. The kid is, uh, he can play physical, he can sit in the pocket, he can run and, and throw the football. Uh, reminds me sort of a, as a poor man's um, uh, Josh Allen, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about this Duke quarterback? And I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC. And without a doubt, he, he to me, he's a top three guy. And I think I could definitely see him playing in the NFL one day. Yeah, the ACC has always been pretty good at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. It's one of the positions that they actually do pretty well, no matter what team the quarterback is on. The quarterbacks are usually pretty good in this league, and it's no different uh, from this kid, Leonard. I think he's, he's going to be one of the best guys in the ACC. I think that he can handle the pressure. Um, he can he can get you from the pocket. I think if you Clemson, man, you just have to kind of go after him. You kind of have to make you kind of have to mix it up, show him some different looks, show him some things that early on that he probably hasn't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how you're going to affect him. I don't think you really run about worry about the running game. He can beat you as far as if it's third and ten, and you don't keep him in front of you he can get that first down or he can get that eight yards to make it fourth and two. And that gives him opportunity to try for the first down. So I got to, I think that he's your guy that you have to really keep an eye on the guy that you have to key. He's the key to their offense. The offensive line is not bad either. Now those guys can really protect. They do a good job. So it's going to be a nice little battle. I'm glad I'm glad you brought the offensive line because this yes. is a large offensive line, yes. a very experienced offensive line. You know, when you look at them right here, you look at their starters, senior, 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 mm-hmm. senior, one sophomore. So they, they're starting four seniors and a redshirt sophomore. So he's been there three years. So this is a veteran offensive line. This is a big physical offensive line. This isn't going to be a cakewalk for the Clemson defensive front. They're going to have to work. Now, it doesn't mean they can't get to the quarterback and because they're talented. As we know, the Clemson defensive front is very talented. But they're going to have to work on this one because this is a very good offensive line that's not going to be bullied. They're, they're very physical. And then they got a tight end um, who in, in Nikki, I think you call it Dalemon. I may, I may be saying that wrong. I apologize, Nikki. But he's a six foot four, 240-pound tight end that he is athletic. He's all over the field. They use him in the passing game. He's used in the run game. He's very dynamic. He can cause some problems. They got a couple wide receivers back. 
look, they, they, they got weapons on this offense, but it all starts, as you mentioned, up front with this offensive line and how they want to be physical and run the football and um, and keep their quarterback protected. Well, a lot of times when you say veteran offensive line, sometimes that's going to be misleading because most people think, oh, well, they're good. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can have a veteran offensive line that sucks. <laughs> that's true. Just, that's not the case here, though. <laughs> they're, they're just older. <laughs> you know, you just got an older offensive line. It doesn't mean they're any good. But I think this team is actually pretty good. They're savvy in their ways. Um, and they'll be able to try to draw up some schemes to expose the Clemson defense a little bit. So I think you're right, Will. I think that it's going to be a challenge for the Clemson Tiger defense. Mm. I don't think that it's going to come in there and just just wreck shot. Hopefully so. But I, I think they're going to have some some problems with this Duke offensive line, and it's going to be challenging. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna get after them. They really are. I mean, they're physical. I watched Duke play several times last year, and the one thing I came across as I watched the play was they're physical. No matter mm-hmm. who they're playing, they're right. going to be physical. They're going to punch you in the mouth, and they're going to keep punching you in the mouth if you let them. So Clemson's going to have to respond, and, you know, they're probably going to get knocked back a few times. That's okay. The point of it is you've got to win more of their battles than their guy does, and if you do that, you'll win. I think Clemson can do that, um, but it's not going to be easy. Flipping it on over to, to the defensive side. Um, now Duke's not great on defense. They weren't great last year on defense. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know, they, they were middle of the road, ACC actually below middle of the road, giving up over 20 something points a game. Um, but they were much improved last year defensively than they were the year before when they were at the bottom of the conference in total defense. Uh, what I do like about this defense is they bring back experience. They bring back experience in their front seven, uh, especially up front with their defensive ends and defensive tackles and a guy like, um, Jamon Franklin or Dwayne Carter. Um, they got Oben at defensive end there. Um, also, uh, Vincent Anthony Jr. is another guy. And then, you know, in the secondary, I like their corners with uh, Joshua Pickett and a- 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 Al Blades Jr. And then they got uh, Chandler Rivers and Miles Jones. I think there's a two other guys. So I think they're pretty solid on the outside, LaVon. Mm-hmm. My concern, and I think where Clemson can exploit this, is in the middle. I think mm-hmm. Duke's a little bit weak at linebacker. That seems to be one of their weak spots. And then I think they're weak at one of those safety spots where they're going to have a new guy starting at safety this year. So I think that's where Clemson is going to try to expose them is in the middle of the field. And, you know, when you say expose them in the middle of the field, the first guy that comes to my mind is Jake Bridingstool and the tight end. Yeah. I mean, anytime you have linebacks or not, well, first and foremost, most top tight ends are a better matchup against linebackers anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, you look at the NFL or you look at the college ranks, it's a tough matchup for them. These guys are 6'4", 6'5". They're basically, I, I would say they're not quite power forwards, but they're probably good small forwards. And small forwards, as you know, they're very athletic. So usually it's, it's, it's tougher for a linebacker who's only like maybe six foot trying to guard a guy who's six four. Right. It's just it's just tough. And then, like you said, the middle of their defense is weak. So you just pound their defense. You just pound them. You have to try you know, to exploit that. Yeah. You try to exploit that. You, you know, when people talk about, oh, you're going to be balanced, you're going to be. No. You got to see what they're good at <laughs> or bad at and expose that weakness. 
And so if you have to run the ball 50 times, but it's working, keep doing that. Mm-hmm. So I think that Clemson's just going to try to ball control. Now, Duke is going to try to bring some pressure, you know, um, try to overload at some point in time. But when somebody can run the ball on you like Shipley can, Shipley, Shipley is a good No, let's not be confused. Shipley is a good player now. He yeah, really I, is. Yeah, he he can is. Get, he, is he Travis Etienne as far as breakaway speed? No. But he can get – he can move the chains. You better believe that. And – it's not going to be any different. He's going to move the change. And as long as I think if, if Cave can just stay in the pocket longer, I think Clemson's going to be good, good this year on offense. I think when Clemson gets in trouble, it's when Cave, he wants to escape real early. Now, now he cuts down his read to just one side of the field, and he's running, and, he can't, and he's not set. And that's what you saw in the Tennessee game. He kept escaping, and but there was nowhere to throw because you know you only had maybe one guy on that side. Clemson right. needs to run the ball, play action pass, and they'll be fine. <laughs> then, Over here, knocking the mic. Sorry. And you can say, like you said, you can say, "Oh, Duke's bringing back a veteran team." It's the same veteran guys that that were bad last year, and you're bringing them back this year, right? Most coaches are trying to get rid of those guys. <laughs> those veterans that are not that good, they're trying to get rid of those guys. So they're good on offense, not so much good on defense. And I think that's where Clemson's going to expose them. I think you're right. And for those out there watching on Facebook and Instagram, um, get us some questions. Uh, our last segment, it's going to be called The Extra Point, and it's where LaVon will – um, Levon or whoever, however you want us to answer the questions, anything you want about the game, you want to ask Levon directly. Um, you know, please get that into us, and we'll do that in the last segment. So please, uh, please go ahead and, and get those questions into us. We do appreciate you guys watching. Again, you can see us on Twitter, um, on Facebook, and on YouTube. Um, if you could on YouTube, give us a like, and um, and on Facebook as well, give us a like, and on YouTube, subscribe to the Clemson Insider. You got a lot of great content over there. Um, on our site and our YouTube site. So go check it out if you hadn't yet. And uh, we definitely would appreciate that as we get you ready for the Duke game. And then, of course, all the action we'll have after after the game, during and after the game, I should say, from it. Um, LaVon, uh, I kind of want to get into, and the Clemson-Duke game is in our pick six. And this, so this segment's called LaVon's Pick Six. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so this is so everybody can know, you know, we're going to go through each week and – we're going to start off with certain games. Um, and so we're going to start off Thursday. LeVon's going to pick six games against the spread. Right. Uh, I'm going to kind of add my input in there too, but who cares what I think? It's more about what LeVon thinks. So uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so, we're going to start off with Thursday. We got mm-hmm. Florida at number 14, Utah. It's an 8 p.m. start on ESPN. Utah is a six-and-a-half-point favorite, LeVon. What do you think? Who are you picking in this game? I'm picking Utah in this game, and I think they're going to be more about six. I think it's going to be 14 at least. So you're saying Billy Napier is not going to have his new his Gators ready for this game? No, not at all, man. You, have you seen Utah play, man? That's I like Utah. 
That's a good yeah. team. And remember really last is. year they went down to the swamp and Florida upset them, and I'm sure that they probably remember that. Yeah, but not this year. Not this year. No. So you're taking Utah minus the six and a half points. You guys see it there. Yes, Lamar says Utah minus the six and a half points. Our second game, also on Saturday, excuse me, will be on Saturday. Will be Colorado at number seventeen TCU. Um, the Horn Frogs without Garrett Riley are are going to be on Fox at uh, uh, for a noon kickoff. There, TCU right now is a twenty and a half point favorite. Levon, what do you got with this one? Do you think primetime is going to um, maybe get this one? Maybe not win, but maybe cover. What do you think here with primetime? Too legit game? to quit. Too legit. <laughs> no. No, you're going to go with the Horn Frogs, huh? Yes. They're going to get busted up. I, I, and I wish Dion the best. And I think Dion has something, man, that can really unite a culture. I do. I just think that this is a real tough test. Yeah. For a it, team that's going to be really brand new coming in, I mean, this is not the Disney Channel or the movies where – they miraculously find themselves and win the game with all these new parts. I think it's going to be tough on them. I really do. I think this is not going to be, this is not going to be pretty. So there you have it right there. So Levon is taking TCU minus the 20 and a half. Yes. By the way, all our bets are brought to you by betonline.com. Uh, .ag, excuse me, go over and check them out at betonline. Um, mm-hmm. They got all the latest stuff there for you. Um, a lot of promotions and things of that nature, so we appreciate them. We're going to go to our next game, our third game. And it was announced today that um, Ohio State has a new starting quarterback, and his name is Kyle McCord, as he'll get to start this week as the Buckeyes go to Indiana for a 3.30 kickoff on CBS. Man, think about that. CBS hmm. is going to be doing – yes, that's, it's, that's the it's the new deal. It's the new Big Ten deal. Um, hmm. They now are on CBS, so um, – LaVon, what do you got here? A minus 30 is where the Buckeyes are favored going on the road to Indiana. Let's keep in mind the Hoosiers have had them on their heels the last two times they've been down there in Bloomington. So what do you think is going to happen on this one? First game of the season, mm-hmm. fresh new quarterback, brand-new quarterback. Right. On the I road. Think I think it's going to be closer than what the experts are predicting. Mm-hmm. I think because you got a new quarterback first time around, it probably won't be that sharp for Ohio State, but they're still going to beat Indiana. I don't yeah. care, you know. I don't care if they're playing, where they're playing. I don't care. If Bobby Knight was coaching that team. Ohio State's going to beat them, but I don't think it's going to be about thirty. Yeah. It, now, if they had Isaiah Thomas and an undefeated team, then maybe mm, they would beat them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, I'm with you. I think I don't think. Ohio State covers the 30. I think that spreads too high. Now, Indiana's not going to be very good. I understand that. But I'm talking a first-time quarterback starting on the road. But Ohio State, man, they – You know – Whether we like it, we know we don't really – If we this don't really was week three, if yeah. this is week three, I'm fine with it. But it's like yeah. – But it's week one. You got to think they're going to have some kind of communication issues, things of that nature that will keep them from getting – I mean, 30 points is high. Pretty high. That's high if you had CJ yeah. Stroud quarterbacking. Yeah. It, you know, really, any any freshman quarterback at this point in time, that's pretty high. That's pretty high. So yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm with you. I'm taking that plus 30. I'm taking Indiana and plus the 30 there. 
Right. All right so um, our next uh, game, Saturday, number 21, North Carolina versus mm-hmm. the Chickens down in Columbia. Excuse me, Dude. not in Columbia. It's in Charlotte, but that's no. where they're from. Anyway, they're gonna they they it's a seven thirty p.m. kick on ABC. North Carolina right now is a two and a half point favorite over the uh, the Yardbirds. What do you think on this one, Levon? Man, it just depends on what Spencer Rowley comes up. Which one shows up for the game? If it's Spencer Rowley that played against Clemson, I think South Carolina upsets them. Mm-hmm. It may not even be even that close. Really, may not be that close. It's Spencer Rattler's on, but you know they 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 have hyped up a lot. Of, you know, a lot of times they in the preseason they have hyped us up, and it's you know they they make it seem like South Carolina's going to win the national championship, but North Carolina struggles on defense. They really do. I don't know. Have they corrected that problem? I love Gene Chizik. Gene Chizik changed my life, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be a battle. I think it's going to be a fourth quarter game. I think it's going to come down to the last possession. I think Spencer Rowley is the he's the key. And if he if he plays like he can sometimes, he's super dangerous. So I think South Carolina is going to win this game. Okay, so you're going game caught straight up then. Yeah. All right. All but right. if you but if you lose, it wouldn't upset me. Well, of course not. No, it's not going to yeah. upset you. I'm with you. I listen. I've seen this. I've seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. Carolina comes in with this hyped quarterback, and everybody's talking about yeah. him. A la mm-hmm. 2015. Matt North Carolina lost the game. North Carolina went 11 and one that year, mm-hmm. and their only loss in the regular season was to South Carolina at the first at the start of the year in Charlotte. Yes. Then a couple of years ago. They start the season. They got they got uh, the quarterback, the the Howell kid there, and then everybody's talking about them. And they're supposed to like put up seven hundred points a game. And um, South Carolina has nothing, and blah blah blah. And the Gamecocks beat them in Charlotte. Yeah, again. So it's two two for two in Charlotte are the are the Gamecocks against North Carolina. And Levon, here we are again. We're here, you know. Hey, look, I like Drake May as good as anybody. I think he's probably the top quarterback in next year's NFL draft. I really do believe mm-hmm. that. But, and I know South Carolina has questions on offense and defensive line, but I've seen this movie before. Yeah. And 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 I've seen North Carolina being overhyped and everybody talking about North Carolina. Not, not that they're, excuse me, not that they're overhyped as they were a year ago, um, but people still, they think they can beat North South Carolina. I know it's a two-and-a-half point spread, so it's supposed to be a tight game. I think it will be a tight game. I'm with you. I think I just got too many question marks on North Carolina's defense. I think South Carolina figures things out. I think Shane Beamer does what he does on special teams like his dad mm-hmm. used to do. That's right. when he gets an advantage. And they find a way to beat North Carolina yet again in basically what's going to be a home game because shame on the Tar Heel fans. They didn't hardly buy any tickets again. So the Gamecock fans, got they, they got most the whole stadium full of Gamecock fans. So – the game may be in Charlotte, but it should be played in Columbia because there's going to be a home crowd for the Gamecocks there. Oh, no question and, about it. And I think they're going to win the game. So gonna, I, I'm I going really South like, straight up. I, I feel like they're going to win the game as well. I, mm-hmm. I just do. I, I just, you know, Mac Brown gets a lot of love. He gets a lot of love from the national media. They love Mac Brown. And anytime he has a sliver of a chance 
they're going to pump it up. Mm-hmm. They are. But I don't know if North Carolina is that team. You see what I mean? It, I looked at what happened last year versus Clemson. They just, Clemson just beat them up, you know? Um, and I think that South Carolina is a little bit better. I just do. I mean, we'll see what happens on Saturday night, but I think South Carolina's going to win this one. I'm with you. I think, I mean, you're thinking the same way. All right. So now we move to Sunday. And we're not talking NFL yet because they don't play till next week. Oh, man. But we're talking about number five LSU versus number eight Florida State, 730 kickoff on ABC. LSU is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. LaVon, this is the game of the week. Ooh. Everybody's talking about it. It's a college football playoff game in the first game of the season. What do you think is going to happen? And what who do you got? Whew. Boy, this is too close to call. It really is. I think it's, it should be – a four-quarter game come down to the last possession, maybe field goal at the end to win this game. Mm-hmm. I think I think LSU. I, I think LSU you think, is, So is, since you're saying a field goal game, you're saying LSU with the two and a half? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, LSU, I, I like what they did last year. Uh, they really kind of bounced back. I know that Florida State has a lot of – they had a lot of hype this year. Talking about the recruiting, talking about the transfer portal, but that stuff doesn't win games. I I think that LSU may outclass them just a little bit, but it's going to be an intriguing game. It's going to be a game that I'm going to be in front of my television set watching this one. I might even go to the movies and get movie popcorn and bring it at home. <laughs> <laughs> watch this one. Let's bring yeah. it back. Let's bring yeah. it back. We're gonna bring it. We're not gonna keep it in the 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 theater. We're gonna bring it back home. I love it, man. I love yeah. it. I, I'm with you. I think I think LSU wins this game, but I think it's gonna be more than three points. I think they can win it by a touchdown or so. And mm-hmm. the reason I say that is I like the matchup for LSU. I thought last year LSU should have won the game, I, but they didn't. Right. Granted, Florida State outplayed them in a lot of ways last year too, but LSU. Despite everything they did, muff punts, turnovers, block field goals, block extra point, they still had a chance to win the game at the end. And mm-hmm. that's all you can ask for. That tells you the kind of team you have and how hard they play. And I think they this, these guys really believe in Brian Kelly and what he's doing there. I think Brian Kelly's the better coach. Mm-hmm. And oh, I yeah. think I think he will um in the game where these two teams are as equal as they are, I think he will he will be the difference in this game because mm-hmm. I just don't think Mike Norvell's there yet. As a, as a coach, I haven't seen it from him to win in-game stuff. I saw he lost. You wanted to be honest? He lost. Mike Norvell's coaching decisions lost the game against Clemson last year. Right. Yeah. In-game coaching decisions he made cost mm-hmm. him the game. And um, I just don't see it yet with him. And, and I'm not saying that he won't get it or can't get it. I just don't see it yet. He hasn't, um, done, these kind he of hasn't done it yet. And that's what I'm saying. We haven't seen he it. He hasn't so done I, it yet. So, so I'm going to go Ryan, with, and Brian Kelly has been there, done that. Has been there a, a many, many times. Yes. So I'm going to go with Brian Kelly and LSU to cover the two and a half and, and win this game, um, at, obviously. Uh, so I'm going LSU minus the two and a half as well. And now that leads us to our final pick of the night. And LeVon is Monday night, number nine Clemson at Duke, 8 p.m. kickoff on ESPN. Clemson is a minus 
13 or Clemson's getting 13 points, I should say. So, um, well, not Clemson's not getting Clemson, excuse me, Duke is getting 13 points. Clemson's a 13 point favorite, is the way I should have said it. Uh, so what do you think here, LaVon? Does Duke cover? Do they uh, cover that 13? No. Oh, I see. You're saying the Tigers are going to win by three t- two touchdowns or more? I think they're going to win by two two or three touchdowns or more. Okay. I think they outclassed them that much. I mean, Duke's going to be a nice story. I'm sure everybody's going to be at the stadium. And by third quarter, it's going to be what we call a gray out. That means you're going to see mostly concrete seats. The Duke <laughs> fans are going to be gone. <laughs> Thinking about basketball. I, I think that I think they're gonna come in pumped up. They're gonna be ready to go. They might even score the first point, but when the game is over, with, Clemson would probably win by at least three touchdowns. Okay, uh, Chuck Duncan he he agrees with you. He said on Facebook he says forty two to ten Clemson um, on, in his prediction. Um, listen, I, I, Chuck, I love your confidence, buddy. Levon, I love yours too, mm-hmm. um, but. I, I watched this Duke team a lot last year. I like Mike Elko as a coach. Sure. I, I I think they I don't think they beat Clemson, but I think they give Clemson a headache. I think it's a good opening game for the Tigers because they're going to find out right off the bat how good they are when it matters the most. You know, when things aren't going good, can you stand up and still find a way to win? Mm-hmm. I think this game is a four quarter game. Mm-hmm. I think Duke takes it into the to late in the game. I think ultimately Clemson pull away, but I don't think the Tigers cover that 13. I think it's too high. I'm thinking more Clemson's going to win by 10 points. Um, so I, I, I like this Duke team. Clemson's more talented. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. Got the better roster and everything. But LaVon, as you know, it only takes a turnover or two yeah. to change a game. And, you know, that was an issue for Clemson late in the season. I want to see if those things are cleaned up um, and that they can take care of the football not put the defense in bad situations. And um, and defensively, I want to see if they can match up with a, a team that can smash them in the mouth. And we didn't see that against Tennessee, and we mm-hmm. didn't see that against Notre Dame. And to be right. honest with you, we didn't see that against Florida State either. Florida State just went away from it. But Florida State was running the ball on Clemson that whole game. Mm-hmm. I want to see Clemson show some toughness in, yeah. in the run game. And, and I, I, they're going to be challenged, I think, from Duke. I, I think in the run game it's all about – you know, making sure that you're seeing your keys correctly and you're not trying to see everything. And I think that was the problem last year. They're trying to they're trying to see everything instead of like, hey, this is my gap. I'm going to dominate my gap. I'm going to hit the hole. I'm going to trust my eyes. If Clemson gets to that point where they can do that, they can trust themselves and then trust the guys around them, mm-hmm. they'll be much better. And then also trusting the offense, the defensive coordinator, West to make sure that, you know, they take ownership, and it's a good game. And Wes is calling a good game, a good, aggressive game. But I think it's going to be interesting, I'm, you know, but I, I think Clemson outclasses this group. I, I just did. Well, um, I'm glad you, you said that because one of the questions as we get into our last segment here before we wrap things up, and okay. it's called Extra Point, which means you ask LaVon or me a question. Mainly Levon. It is nobody cares about what I think. How? Oh, oh yes, yes, we do. <laughs> so they're um, just they're just getting a ring of honor perspective. One of the questions Levon asked to you was: uh, Give a score prediction. What do you think this game's going to be? 
score predictions. I hate doing score predictions. I'm I know, but the people have asked. Yeah, um, the Clemson Duke game, right? Is that the game they want? Clemson to... Duke, yes. Yep. Uh, I think it's gonna be like thirty to ten. Thirty-eight to ten, or thirty to ten? Yeah. You said thirty yeah. to ten. Okay. <laughs> All right, 30 to 10. You hear it there. LeVon says Clemson 30, Duke 10. I hope you're right, my friend. That'd be an easier night for me, and I can write my story pretty fast and be done That's working right. earlier. Uh, <laughs> Eight o'clock starts. They're great to watch, but man, they suck to work. I'm going to tell you. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, um, let me see. See, what we got here. What do you think about Cabe Klubnik? Do you think this is a game where he can show out? I think this is a game that he can show more promise in it. I don't know about showing out because mm-hmm. I think he's going to probably major in Shipley um, running the ball a little bit more in the run game. I think he's going to major in the run game. So I don't know if he's going to come out Heisman trophy kind of numbers, uh, but I think he will be a little bit more consistent than he was last year. I think his only issue is I think he's athletic. I think he moves the ball around. I think he's moving around really well. I think he can throw the ball pretty good, too. His problem is when he gets in trouble, he tends to run out to his right, which really condensed the field to just that side. Mm-hmm. And now he's run, he's throwing on the run. I don't know if that's his biggest asset. I would like to see him sit in the pocket a little bit more. If he's going to escape, escape in the middle. So I don't know if this is going to be a, you know, um, a game like the North Carolina game was. I think it's going to be a game where he's going to be a pretty solid player and they're not going to let him make but so many mistakes. Right. Yeah. And speaking of Cape Klubnik, by the way, shout out to him. Um, gave his entire team, the entire Clemson team beats. Oh, man, that's nice. The entire team, not just his offensive linemen, or his receivers, he gave the entire team their own set of beats. Man, that is wow. that is pretty, pretty cool. awesome for a young man to do that. That's a lot of that's a lot of beats. That and they ain't cheap. No, but he gets like a deal, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, but still, one hundred and twenty-five beats. I, I don't know. That's that's really good because if that was me, I would just probably gave it to the defense. And maybe just only to the starters on defense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would <laughs> I wouldn't have crossed the line to the offensive side. And as much as I love walk-ons, I definitely wouldn't have gave any of the walk-ons any beats, but <laughs> that goes to tell you that he's a better human being than me. <laughs> I love it, Levon. I love it. You're like, I wouldn't even give the walk-ons. Because I would have kept two of those headphones for myself, because you never know. Oh. You lose it. <laughs> You know, somebody can steal them. So I would at least kept two to three to them myself. Yeah, I mean, so maybe if I keep two or three, that means I'm leaving out a walk on or a second string (laughs) offensive lineman. I'm good with that. (laughs) Well, speaking of the offense, uh, Scott Millsap, he asked, "Do you think Clemson's offense will get back to a couple receivers that regularly can reach 100 yards per game?" Ooh, that's going to be interesting. I'm not sure about that. Okay. I'm not sure about that. I don't, I don't know. Um, I think I think Collins could be special. I really do. Uh, the Brown kid is really good. I just don't. I don't know if they're going to. I don't know if they're going to pull off that. 
I'm not sure about that. Okay. Um, someone wants to know, can Coach Khan handle things on the sidelines? Do you think he could be maybe the sideline guy if you put Wes up top? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think he can be that guy. I just, now, I, I don't want this – well, if it gets out, it gets out. But I just think that Wes, so, as smart as he is and how he sees the game, I would love to see him in the booth. Mm. I think he can really be more of a factor that way. I think Khan can definitely handle it on the sideline. I think he can, yeah. But not only Khan. I mean, you got – other guys like Nick Eason, that's going to probably be on the sideline. Um, the DB coach is going to be on the sideline. And usually those are the guys that can get the guys up, that can be in their faces, understand, you know, being the moment where your scheme guys are the ones who can see the game up and they can say like, oh, this is what's happening. Let me adjust that way. Mm-hmm. And like I said, some of the better scheme guys are usually up top in the booth watching them. I think okay. downstairs, and I'm just taking my my experience, the guys who are downstairs are the guys who are more what we call the street guys who play the game a little bit, who understands the game, and they get in your face. Let me tell you, on the sideline as a coach, you don't really see it as well. But I think in the booth you see it great. And I think that's when you get the guys who are very cerebral are the ones who can watch the game from up top. So, yeah, I think so. I think it would be a better change for Clemson. All right, last question. Get out of here. This will be the last question. Everybody seems to be running the 3-3-5 or the 4-2-5 kind of stuff. Can you explain to me why – you're seeing a lot more of those style defenses than you've seen a three, four or seeing a, uh, you know, a four, three. Yeah. Because the game is being spread out a little bit more. So at one point in time, the game was really kind of played between the hatches, right? So the game was more so inside. So the running game mm-hmm. or whatever. So you had to have a little bit more meat in there. And then also how the game is officiated now. The game is officiated where it's a managed offense. So, and then also, you can't do the little things you used to do on defense, like the the that second hit later, or when a quarterback releases the ball, he gets hit, or that wide receiver comes to the middle, he's getting clobbered. Now it's wide open for the offense. So nowadays you're going to see more of more kind of hybrid because you're kind of defending the pass a little bit more than just teams are just not lined up in high formation running the lead anymore. They just know. So that's why you're seeing those kind of defenses a little bit more. And then sometimes it really depends on the personnel. Sometimes you don't have the studs to say, I'm going to run a three, four or four, three. So you have to do something a little different. Yeah. So that's a reason. That's a that's a number of ways why people do what they do, and it all depends on what team you're looking at, and really what they have. I mean, if you got more DBs, maybe you do more of a four-two-five. I mean, mm-hmm. um, if you got good linebackers, maybe sometimes you do a three-four because you got the linebackers are out there. So it really kind of all depends. But I think because the game is kind of turning more so to the offense because more people want to see scoring. 
that that's the reason why you're seeing more of a dime package or a nickel package because you got to defend the pass a little bit more because the field in the middle now is wide open with the offense. Yeah, and and again, a lot of reason why Clemson I think is going to play a more four two five this year. It's yeah. more depth related. It's more about their linebackers just aren't deep right now. They don't have experience there, and they don't have the players there. To be honest with you, they're down two or three mm-hmm. linebackers. They like to have eight. They got six right now. And so um, scholarship players, that is. So that's a problem, and that's why you're going to see Clemson, I think, run a lot of that 4-2-5. And then you also mentioned, because the strength, as we mentioned, the strength's in the secondary. And they can afford to play that kind of scheme there, and you can also put Woodaz in that scheme and mm-hmm. kind of get him on the field. That way he's not off field. You're not literally taking him off as much. So there's a lot of reasons why they're doing it, and this, as far as why Clemson's doing it this year. But – Everything I agree with what you said, Levon. The game's changed. It's not a defensive football game anymore. It's more leaning right. toward the offense. If you notice the rules, all the rules always adjust to the offense for the most part. Yeah. And it, it is what it is. And you know, though there was a what Steelers game was it earlier preseason where we saw the offense was penalized, and I'm like, what? And it was, a, I think it was a block, like a block below the knees or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're really cracking down on offensive players doing that this year. Um, and so I was like, whoa, you know, that's awesome. And finally the offense is having to think about things. Um, but it's all about player safety. We know that's where all this comes from and why it stemmed from. And they're trying to preserve the game and keep it around as long as they can. Yeah. And that's why they got to do these things. I think it's a, I think it's more about scoring points. I think it's about, because your diehard fans are going to be there. Your diehard fans are going to always watch the game. No matter Mm -hmm. what, me, Will, me and you are going to watch the game. As long as they don't go to flag football, yes. Right. As long as they don't go to flag. If if it's 7-3, even better for us, right? Oh, absolutely. But but for the casual fan that has an opportunity to go to the beach or go watch a game, you got to have scoring. You got to slant it more to the offense so they can score more points because people, for whatever reason, like scoring points. Right. That's the reason why the game has changed. And there it is. Um, guys, we appreciate you tonight. We appreciate you watching. Uh, we'll be here every Tuesday at 6.15, so please give us a listen uh, if you're listening on, on, on our podcast. Or if you want to watch us, you can. We're live, like I said, on YouTube. We're live on Facebook um, and Twitter as well. Um, you can go to the Clemson Insider accounts to find us at these each Tuesday at 6.15. If you can't make it live, you can listen to us on our podcast um, on Apple um, and on Spotify, you can do it that way. Or you can go back to these uh, platforms and watch us there. They're all going to be there. So as soon as we get done, they're going to load up to those sites as well. So we do appreciate you for LeVon Kirkland. I'm Will Vandervoort. Till we talk to you next time, uh, good luck and have fun with the Tigers this week. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.